so are you guys, you guys, I mean, how cool is that? I mean, you go for one thing, you, you wind up getting married and starting a children's ministry. I mean, you know, it, it's just amazing how when you're just obedient to what God has, what he starts to open up for you that didn't have planned. If you only, if you only want what you have planned, your dreams are, like, terrible. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you, like, like if, you're only, if you only want what you have planned or what you think God has for you, your, your, your dream's too small. You have to have the margin that says, no, God can, 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 can push out that wall and give me stuff I've never even thought or dreamed about. Yeah. Otherwise, what it says in Ephesians that he will give you what? More than you can imagine, ask, think, right? More than you can think or imagine. He who is able to give you exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask, think, or imagine. Oftentimes, we, we get to that point where we're like, I just want the more, but I don't want the exceedingly abundantly more, you know? And, and, and we show that by basically not being able to, to, to allow the Lord to change our path, to, to course correct, to, to enlarge in what we do when, when we get to a place. And I just love that story because, you know, John and Reagan are, are, are going for it and they have a great relationship with YWAM still. YWAM's like sending people to them now and uh, doing some amazing things. So, all right, so I want to do this. Uh, why don't you guys, we're, we're going to take a, just a, a quick moment and I want you to share with someone around you, uh, maybe just someone next to you or someone behind you, um, what is the best thing that happened to you this week? So over the last seven days, what is the best thing that happened to you? What was the coolest part of your week this week? So we're going to take just like a minute. So go ahead and share. If this is like the first time that a husband and wife are connecting, it's okay. Uh, but, but go ahead and just turn around to someone around you and just share. Like, like what was the coolest part of your week and, and why was it the coolest? If you haven't switched or let the other person go, please do that. Let the introvert talk. All right, sounds like most people are winding down. The best part of my week is being here with you. That was the right answer, by the way. <laughs> hey, bud. How many of you guys just love Jesus? 
I mean, like, Jesus, like, all this doesn't matter much without Jesus. Like, getting together, worshiping together, like, anointing, hunger, fire burning, shabababa, like, like, this stuff, like, we love, we live for. It's like, it's like, but at the heart of it, it's like, if, if behind that isn't, isn't a lovesick desire for Jesus, the rest of it's out of place. Just the rest of the Christian life is out of place without that hunger, lovesick desire to know Jesus. Paul would talk about it like this in Philippians. He would say, you know, I long, this is Paul the Apostle Paul, right? He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament with, with the Spirit. And he would say things like, I long to know Christ. I long to know Jesus and, and the power of his resurrection and share in his sufferings. Like, like whatever it takes, I don't want comfort. I'll, I'll share in sufferings if that's what it takes. I want to know Jesus. And I love that. That's from, you know, we, we often talk about like pastoral, prophetic, apostolic, like, like, you know, all those things are good, but man, if the heartbeat behind it is I want to know Jesus, you got nothing that I want. If the heartbeat of your life isn't I want to know Jesus, you, like you have nothing that I want. And I see people all the time with such passion for ministry or, or desires for things. And, and, and like, this is, not like a, this is not like a message. This is not like a talk to, like, to, to, to quench those appetites. But this is one that says, hey, listen, when those things are out of, out of alignment with the hunger for Jesus to know him, you got nothing that I want. That's a, like, you get really religious really quickly when you leave the place of presence. You know, we talk about this a lot in our ministry school is that you're anointed for purpose, but you're created to be loved. You're not created for purpose. Now, we talk about anointing all the time. Like, like you're anointed for purpose. Like, you're not anointed just to sort of, you know, be anointed. <laughs> like, like, you're not anointed for your, own, for your own benefit. You're anointed for purpose for the kingdom. And all of you in here are anointed. Okay? It actually says in 1 John that you have an anointing from the Holy One, and that anointing is real. Or that anointing abides. That anointing remains. That anointing rests. And so, so, so when we talk about you're anointed for purpose, but you're created for love, you know, it's holding those two things in tension, but one is more important than the other. Does this make sense? Now, don't you say, when Jim and Mary come back next week, Sean said to put down our anointings and to, like, you know, just kind of not do anything. Like, don't, that's not what I'm saying. But what I, what, I, what I have seen all over the place is, is over the course of time being in ministry and being in Christian leadership for, for 14 years, you know, I've seen this over and over again where there is such a passion for a thing, but that passion for a thing will always die out if it's not a passion for the one thing. Does it make sense? And so maybe this is like, oh, I, hey, like, I already know that. I got this down. Cool, then you're going to love this message. And if this is new, I want you to just open up your hands to the Lord and see what he wants to remove. You see, every time he touches us, every time he reveals himself to us, we walk away loved. If that's not happening, that's not Jesus. Every encounter that you have with him, every time that someone gives you a prophetic word, we're to walk away loved. We're not to walk away to know everything, but to walk away loved is why you're created. God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, his only son. 
and I have news for you, that message is still ringing out from, from heaven right now. That we're in the days of God so loves the world. That God so loves you. That, 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 that we serve a God of love. You know, Jesus didn't heal the sick because he was trying to coax them to become a Christian. He didn't heal the sick in order for, to convert people. He heals the sick because it's his nature to heal. He loves because it is his nature to love. He is love. And, 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 and the devil wants to do a few things in our lives. Are you guys okay? You guys good? You know, the devil wants to do a few things in our lives. And, and, and here, here are some things that the devil wants to do. Is that he wants to deceive, he wants to discourage, and he wants to distort reality. You know, and one of the ways that I have seen over and over again, again, running a ministry school for, for six years now, this is our, it's going to be our seventh year of CSSM. Before that, I was a part of another ministry school and helping, helping lead it and being involved in just so many, in so many people's lives and in my own life. <laughs> I'm a great test example. <laughs> is that I've seen this over and over again where, where there's a season where something is magnified, so we run after that thing only to basically find that we're running after something that, that, that isn't, isn't the one thing. Does this make sense? You know, this is where we come into alignment again with, with spirit of truth. This is where we come in line again with, with, with the king of kings. This is where things become alive inside of us. How many of you, like God has spoken something to you, or maybe a friend has spoken something to you, and something in you became alive? It says in Hebrews that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Like, something comes alive in us when we hear the word of God. How many of you are here for Brian Simmons, like, two weeks ago? Yeah, my brain is still recovering. I mean, I had so many notes. I will say this, is that, uh, you know, I, was, I wound up driving him around a good bit, just the way it worked out coordination-wise with, like, our, our team. And uh, there was one thing I will tell you that all of you should be very jealous about, and I've been telling everyone about it, is... <laughs> is I picked him up one morning from the hotel, or maybe it was the afternoon, no, it was the morning, and uh, him and Candace got in my car, and we just started talking, and behind the scenes, they're just the greatest, you know, they're, they're, just, they're just super relational people, and, um, and they just love the anointing and love the presence, so we're in the car, and we're, I'm like pulling out, we're like maybe 30 seconds into the trip, it's only a six or seven minute drive to the hotel, and Brian in my, in my passenger seat, just, just, we're not talking at this point, just opens up his Bible, and just starts reading from Song of Solomon for the rest of the trip. I was like, devotionally, like, Brian, you, I can't take much more of what you're doing right now. Like, I cannot take much more of what you're doing and get you safely to where we're going, you know? It was like, it was like, like if any of you have read the Passion Translation for devotions, he read it to me. It was amazing. Like, it was amazing. Oh, my goodness. I've been, I've been like, I've been, no, that, that will never come up in conversation, so I've just been telling everyone about it. Like, that'll never organically come up. So, uh, but, you know, you know even, even when, you know, when, when, when Brian was reading that, just, there was just some stuff that man was like, like, man, it just started burning. Not because it's Brian, although maybe it is because it's Brian, and not because it's a passion translation, although I love that. You know, the best version of the Bible for you is the one you like to read. Just, just go read it. You know, j- just be around it. And, and there's this scripture in uh, Revelation 19 that says, For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. 
19, verse 7, Revelation 19, 7. Let us rejoice and be be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. That there's a responsibility that we have to make ourselves ready. That that as much as it is, Jesus is our mighty, victorious warrior, there's things that he asks us to to consider, to, to engage with, that actually do something inside of us that make us ready. Sometimes he's just saying, I want to love you today. And other times he's saying, I want you to take up a sword today. And some of us are like, what is a sword? And what does that look like? And there are times where, where God is saying, I am calling you in this se- the season that we're in. Here's big macro season that we're in right now. The last days are going to be marked by the bride making herself ready. Does this make sense? It's not marked by the Antichrist. It's not marked by all these other things. Those are signs that the bride is making herself ready. And so as Brian's reading to me, just things are starting to burn in my heart. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, Brian. Jesus, you're just speaking to me so deeply right now. And it, it occurred to me that, that, you know, in that moment, you know, I, I, in talking with, with a lot of people, you know, the... The place of God's word in our life has somehow been displaced. Does this make sense? Like, the devil wants to distort reality. He wants to distort truth. He wants to, he, he wants to deceive. He wants to get us. He wants to, here, here's, here's a deception that I've seen in people's lives that, that he has been successful at, is reading the Bible is religious. If you feel like reading the Bible is religious, you're believing a lie. And this isn't like as Bible-thumping thing saying like, like even the fact that I have to, 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 to stage it with that is, is, is evidence that the devil has been getting into people's minds in the body of Christ that your Bible is religious. Does this make sense? Have you guys, have you guys like now that I say this, have you, have you recognized that a little bit? Like, can you think and just, yeah, I can see that. I can see how the devil does not want me reading my Bible. Because we'll, we'll use verses like, we'll, use, we'll say things like this in the church that, that's really a tough one. Which is, it's not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right? We say it's the Trinity and the Word isn't included in it. And what we do is we begin to, to distance ourselves from the value of God's Word. Does that make sense? So, so see, how, like, tr- see how like what I said sounded true, but the application is full of deception? You see how that works? So, so here's what the devil wants to do. He wants to, listen, there's a sword lying on the ground. And if you're not picking it up, the devil has no problem picking it up. The devil has no problem using God's word against you. He has no problem. In fact, he is happy to do it. He is happy to take truth and begin to try to stick you with it in a way that it was not meant for. That it says in Ephesians that, that, that to pick up your sword of the spirit, which is the word of truth. Which is the word of God. And so we do a whole like seven weeks in CSSM in a couple months about how to do all this and how to study this supernaturally. But I just want to touch on this today. Is, you know, we have displaced the presence of God's word in our lives as a place of life, bread, and a sword. That, that, that we have usually, we kind of go to it for devotions at times, or maybe that's kind of like a place um, that, 
is even hard to get to. How many of you, like, honestly, like, like how many of you have a hard time reading your Bible? Like, like you have a hard time reading your Bible. That I have news for you. If you have a hard time reading your Bible, listen, j- just, that's not God, right? Like, we can all know that. Like, like, we know that in our brains. I have news for you. The devil will never tell you, I'm deceiving you, I'm attacking you. <laughs> the whole point is that he wants you to think it's a you problem and a God problem. Does this make sense? You know, I don't know about you, but when I read the word, sometimes if it feels like I am doing it out of discipline, I don't get anywhere. Like if I'm doing it because I feel like I should, sometimes I don't get anywhere. And so that's when I have to take a step back and just begin to just focus my attention and fix my eyes on Jesus. Because why? What does it say about Jesus? Open up your Bibles to John 1. We're going to hit this real quick, and then I'm going to ring through tons of scripture. We're going to blast through some stuff. So... John chapter 1, you know, something really interesting that it's really hard to divide Jesus from the Word. And this morning, I hope that I can raise our value for the Word and the expectation for the Word to be made manifest. Because what does it say in John 1? I think we have some of the scriptures up. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everyone say, the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm going to get encouraged if I don't watch myself. I mean, that, that alone, like, the darkness has not overcome it. Come on, Jesus. He's undefeated still. You get that, right? Like, he's still undefeated. Like any place that you feel like is you're in defeat in your life, Jesus is still undefeated in that place. So you have access to victory. All right, some one or two will get encouraged today, and that's cool. All right, verse 6. There was a man, I'm going to skip down verse 6 uh, and get down to verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This is Jesus. And he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, or to who, who was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Finally, the beginning part of verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Other versions you'll see that says, the word became manifested. That, 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 that the nature of the word was always to become manifest. That, that the word is there not for academic insight, not for head knowledge, not to make you feel good, not that verse a day keeps the devil away, although it's not a bad idea for some of us in the room. It's this, is that the word was always made to be manifested. You see, this isn't a book. This is a living and active word. It says in Hebrews that it's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Brian Simmons blew my mind and said it's actually two swords. I don't even, I'm trying to talk to him about it. But what I want you to get is this, is that it's living and active. That the word becomes inside of you and it becomes manifest. 
Now, what does it say about followers of Jesus? It says that all who will believe in Jesus, are you guys okay? All who will believe in Jesus, right, who will follow after him, he gave the right to become children of God. What does it say in John 20, 21? It says that as the Father sent me, this is Jesus, I'm sending you. Meaning that the way that I came, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. What was one of the ways that Jesus came into this world? He came into this world to manifest the word. That the word would no longer be a series of books that are studied. The word would be an encounter with him. He came and revealed that the nature of God's word is always to release what it says. Are you guys with me? Do you guys want to hear some things that the word says about the word? This is not me talking about it. This is the Bible talking about the Bible. Isaiah 55, 11. I'm just going to ring through these real quick. We might be able to throw some up, and you guys can try to track with me back there with the overhead. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word go forth from my mouth, and it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing that I sent it. Jeremiah 1, 12. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. Are you guys good? Anyone getting encouraged that the word wants to be made manifest? As Joshua 21, 45. Not a word failed of any good thing that the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. I mean, Israel was one of the most stubborn people groups in the history of the world. Even if you're the level of stubbornness to resisting God in your life, he still all came to pass, the things that he said about them. That all things came to pass of his word. Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want faith to get activated? Begin to, well, we'll talk about that. I'm, I'm getting ahead. Luke 21, 33. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Psalm 138, verse 2, you have magnified your word according to the level of your name. Other translations will say, you have magnified, you have put your word above your name. Meaning the level that he is faithful to who he is, he is faithful to what he said. Does this make sense? You know, we we live in this environment where, where we love comfort. And a church preoccupied with comfort will never be comfortable in a revival. That a church that's preoccupied with comfort will never be comfortable in revival. Because it looks like allowing the Lord to push the margins of our understanding beyond what we know so that he can come and manifest and do what only he can do. So that he can come. Does this make sense? Norval Hayes said, believing in God's word means that there is no more wondering because you either believe it or you don't. There is no in-between. You cannot leave loopholes for the devil to add ifs, buts, and maybes. I'm going to read that again. You cannot leave loopholes. You either believe or you don't. You cannot leave loopholes for the devil to add ifs, buts, and maybes. Bobby Connor said, the war over God's truth is greatly increasing. You know, have you ever been in a position where, you know, you're doing everything right, 
You're doing everything you know to do. You might even be fasting and praying. Like you're doing everything right because you want breakthrough. You want to see something change. Or quite frankly, you're just chasing after God with all the, you know, with all of your, the, the ability that you can, with everything that you know. You know, I did that when I, when I came to college years ago. When I went to Ohio State, I got there and I got saved in the parking lot of the airport on my flight to Columbus. So all of you have only known me as a Christian. <laughs> Everyone in Pennsylvania knew me as something different. But I literally got, I, you know, I encountered Jesus and I gave my life to him. And then I flew to, flew to Columbus and I got here and I, I like vaguely remember people talking like Christians fasted. Have I told you some of this story before? I think I have. At CSSM, I probably have. And I vaguely remember hearing along the lines, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, that Christians fast. And so I got, I got to, to, you know, to, to college, and you know, I don't know one person in the state of Ohio, and, and, and I'm in like a dorm room, I'm like meeting new people, and just like, I don't know what I am or what I'm doing, because I just invited Jesus inside of me, and I'm just this awkward, weird guy, you know, and, and, uh, and I remember reading, well, I think they fast or something, so I just started fasting. Just, I thought that's what Christians do, it's like, let's just do this then. You know, you get saved, just, let's just go for it. And so, so I just start, I just start praying and fasting, and I have no clue what to do. I have no clue what to do. It's a foreign environment. I was probably pretty scared and intimidated, and 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 I was just, God, I want to meet a Christian. I don't know any Christians. I've never grown up around Christians. I don't know what to do about this. And and I start praying and fasting. And I think on the third day of praying and fasting, and I was like happy. I was super happy. I was just really happy to know Jesus. It wasn't like a solemn fast. Like it was like, this is awesome. Now Jesus, like help me, you know? And, and on the third day, someone came and knocked at my door. And he knocked on my door and he said, uh, he said hey, my name is Joe. And uh, would you like to come to church with me this Sunday? And no one ever invited me to church my whole life. And I was like, what? And I freaked out. I totally scared him. I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, I just want to see if you want to come to church with me on Sunday, you know? It's like, if, you, if, you know, if you're into to Jesus, or, you know, we'd love to have you. And I'm like, I'm totally into Jesus very recently. <laughs> and, and we started talking about it. But I closed the door afterwards. I was like, yeah, just like come. He's like, okay, cool. He's like, okay, cool, you know? And, 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 and come back and get me before you go. So he came back on Sunday. But, like, I closed the door and was just bawling and sobbing because of how good God is. He just knows every single need. And then I remember going to church, and people would come up to me, and they would, they, would, they would really encourage me to read my Bible and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, cool. They're like, yeah, and it's the words of life. And I'm like, awesome. Like, like where are the, you know, it says in, in, in 1 Corinthians 2 that, that the Bible contains the, the, the hidden treasure of ages. And I started reading it. And how many of you have read the Bible, and like something, like something shifts inside of you that wasn't shifting, even though you're doing everything else you need to do? That there's a place, if you see, if the, if the word of God isn't living and active in our lives, isn't living and active in your life, you have an inferior relationship to God. You can be around every worship conference in the country. You can follow Hillsong and play everything on the ukulele and, you know, where, you know, well, I won't say that, but... <laughs> you, can do, you, can be doing, you can be doing a lot of really cool things. But if you don't have the word, if that's not a place of a love connection with God for you, you have an inferior relationship to God. If it's not a place of a sword, you have an inferior tool for warfare. If it's not a place of refuge, you have inferior comforts in your life. I hope, am I doing it justice what I'm trying to paint a picture of this morning? Because it's so like, it's almost like, like vibrating inside of me right now. 
And, and, and I want to get this out. I want to get this out so badly. You know, here, here's what the Bible says about some things. Do you need wisdom? Ask for it, right? Someone said that. Someone knows James 1.5. I see you, wherever you are. Do you need God to provide? Philippians 4.19. Read it. Do you need forgiveness? 1 John 1.19 assures you that you have it. Read it. Do you need more peace and patience? Galatians 5.22-23 shows you how to get it. Do you need healing? God commits to heal you. Read Jeremiah 30, verse 17. Do you feel like you're in a dangerous situation? God promises to protect you. Psalm 91, verse 10. Are you afraid? Read Psalm 34, 4. God says he'll always deliver you. Do you need comfort? Revelation 21, 4 is your powerful encouragement. If you think that God's slow to act, read Romans 4.21. It says what he has promised to do, he is able to perform. You see, when, when this starts to become our reality, the supernatural and moving with the spirit becomes our life. That there is such warfare, there is such a battle over your mind. You know, it, it's between here. And, and this is, is one of the tools that God helps to renew it because it connects us to Jesus when we're reading it with him. Does this make sense? That when this, is, when this becomes our reality, I'll put, I'll put it this way, is that a lot of issues of life, you don't have to have issues in if this was inside of us. Does this make sense? Like a lot of issues of life, I've talked with people and they're just, they're just really struggling with a lot of stuff. And I'm like, man, like, like it's not that you don't know God is provider. You don't know God is provider. Does this make sense? It's not that, like, you don't know him as, like, you haven't experienced yet. Like, there's stuff in here that I haven't experienced yet. I'm, I want to experience all of it, right? But if I don't even know that he wants to do it, I can't even have faith for it to happen. That the Bible is also his plan. You know, when we see things like, I, I actually posted this on social media earlier today, out of uh, Haggai 2 verse 9, and uh, it says, I will shake the nations, two, seven through nine. I will shake the nations, and what is desired by the nations will come, and I will fill my house with glory. Meaning this, that, that some people, you know, if you don't know what to pray, you probably don't have the word in your, in your heart, in your life. Because the word actually shows us how to pray. So when the nations are shaking, we're not supposed to pray, stop shaking the nations. It actually says, I will shake the nations. Why? So that what is desired of the nations will come. How many of you know Jesus is the desire of the nations? And that the shaking taking place, stop praying against it. Because why? Because we're a culture that worships comfort, so we don't like when people feel uncomfortable. And we get uncomfortable if you're uncomfortable. So we're going to try to pray you into comfort. Does this make sense? I mean, this is... This is if this is our reality, we don't pray through the lenses of our own experience. We'll, we pray with the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit wants the bride to come. You praying that people will be comfort is actually delaying Jesus from coming. Because it says the desire of the nations will come as the nations are shaken. Let me, let, let, let's bring it a little closer to home. People will be shaken, and the desire of the human heart will come as they're shaken. And we see people being shaken, and we just pray comfort all day around them, not knowing that, no, this is the opportunity. Instead of praying comfort, we need to pray encounter. Instead of playing make it better, God, we say, God, meet them in it. 
Instead of, instead of praying, take it away, God, come closer. Does this make sense? That when, 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 I mean, that's just like one verse. Like, we can just pray that right now. It actually says the next verse, that the latter house, being the new covenant, would be full of more glory than the previous house. And we're praying Old Testament. We're not even praying New Testament yet, full of better glory. I know, that was a drive-by, but... What I'm, trying, what, what, what I'm trying to say is that I, I, in my bones, in my belly, I totally believe that God wants his church, his bride, to ready herself with the word and pick it up again. And, and we're, we want to be spirit and word, right? We're not saying neglect anything. Don't hear what I'm not saying. In fact, if you're hearing what I'm not saying, you're believing the lie and religion has been speaking to you. Because I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is, is when we're carrying the word, we're actually, okay, as children of God, the word became manifest in Jesus. You, have, you, you are the recipient of the inheritance of what he purchased. Are you guys still with me? You guys, are, you're the recipient of what he purchased. It's in your bank account. What was in ba- Jesus' bank account that he walked in? He manifested the word. That you have an invitation for the word to be made manifest through your life. That people would know you as the one who the word manifests through. That Jesus was known as the one who knew the scriptures, but he taught with authority and power. Meaning that it wasn't something he knew, it was something that was coming through his life. That when, you, when, when people around you are facing impossible situations, you're not coming into it with, with self-control dictating how you're behaving. You're coming into it with a fire-breathing word from the Lord to release into that situation to be made manifest. And, and, and I see more people looking for prophetic words and aren't actually carrying this at all. Keep carrying the prophetic words. Most prophetic people that you meet are really engaged in this world. But, you, but we have to be able to encounter this thing. We have to be able to encounter Jesus in this thing. And, and, and one of the... One of the, 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 the you can, you can bypass so many struggles in life if this was a regular part of your decision-making, thinking, and heart, right? I mean, I, mean I, I talk to people all the time who are just at the end of the rope and just totally burn out and freaking out about, about the issues of life. That like, man, if they just had this in, inside of their hearts, oh, like you would actually find out the truth about your situation. And now I'm like a pastor, so like it's my job, I'm helping them. I'm not like saying like that, like that's always gonna take place. But what I'm seeing is more and more Christians who are seasoned believers going through that and this is void. Does this make sense? Like this seems to be absent. And so, you know, you know, the word is one of these things that, that we're given as, as followers of Jesus, that it's an invitation for anything that we read to be made manifest in us or through us. It's not a book to know. It's an encounter to carry. That the Bible is not a book to know. It's an encounter to carry. That his word is living and active. How many of you have read the Bible, have read a verse or, or, like, or like a chapter of a book, and then reread it, and it was like totally fresh, different, and you're like, I didn't even know that was there. That God comes at it with a totally different angle for a situation. That if we want to, when we talk about bringing transformation, are we carrying transformation to bring, or are we just relying on God to like kind of show up, and we're just going to kind of, you know, shoot from the hip, and hopefully like, you know, everyone gets transformed. Does this make sense? That the bride is actually called to ready herself. That this is what that ready herself of the bride looks like. 
You know, Dick Mills was a, a prophet, and he used, I think he memorized, it was something like, like I'm going to get this wrong, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be conservative, but it was something like 2,000 promises of God, like 2,000 promises in the scripture, he memorized them. So he would go out to people and be like, oh, I got a good word for you. And he would just give them a verse. And it would be like the exact word of God over their life that they needed for that moment. Why? Because it, it says the word penetrates through bone and marrow, sharper than any double-edged sword. That it digs down and gets to the heart of the matter. How many of you have been in a place that you've been kind of struggling to connect with God, let's say, or just, you know, you just want maybe more of him. And, and someone gives you a verse or you read a verse and it's like highlighted to you and it, it like literally comes and calms every storm. Though it might not have to do with the issues that you're facing, but it does something inside of your heart. You know, that just sounds a lot like Jesus. Like the word, the what, what, what it does actually sounds a lot like him. And it, it kind of makes sense, right? So what do we do? So pretend this is the Bible, and we're mining through the word. I think we're doing, yeah. So we'll try to get this real big for you guys who can't see it in the back, but there's some verses on here. Try to pretend that, just imagine this is the Bible. It's gift wrapped for you. Very prophetic, the meaning right now. That, that, that pre- imagine this is the Bible, and, and we approach the Bible not through the lenses of knowing things. We, we approach the Bible through the lenses of, of, of encountering the one, of, of, of realigning what our priorities are to know Jesus, to encounter Scripture, to, to, to approach Scripture to know Jesus. You know, it's like this. It's like we, we talked about earlier, Psalm 138, verse 2. You have magnified your word above your name. It's like, oh, something... Something gets revealed when we, when we open up our Bible, when we open up the Word, when we're getting into it. Um, Joshua 21.45, not a word has failed of anything that you have spoken. All came to pass. All come to pass. So let's say the next one's like, man, something's getting revealed under here. I feel like I'm learning nature. I feel like something is, start, is trying to, to speak to me. And if I stop there, it's sort of incomplete, Right? Like a verse reveals something, but the Bible paints a picture. But the word actually reveals something in our hearts. The next one, it's like, you know, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. It's like there's something, there's something in that that gets revealed. Heaven will pass away, but my word never will. There's something in this that gets revealed. Isaiah 55, 11. We talked about this earlier. It will succeed everything that I sent it out to do. And finally, Revelation 19, 12, his eyes are like a burning fire. And what happens? When we open up the Bible, when we, when we begin to, to take this in, who do we find behind it? Who do we find in it? We find Jesus. That it's actually Jesus is the one that we're supposed to be encountering. He's the one that, we're, that, we're, that, that is speaking to us. All those things that we're like, oh, it's just like powerful. No, that was Jesus. Does this make sense? Like, do you, guys, do, you, do you guys connect what I'm trying to say there? Like, 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 the, the, like the word, of course, is powerful. Why? Because the word became flesh. The word is Jesus. That you thought it was just like some omnipotent power and the word was sort of like part of the Trinity but sort of on the side but like super powerful still. No, no, no. The word became flesh. That it was actually Jesus who's been speaking to you that whole time. That when those things get highlighted, it's actually Jesus speaking to you. And he, he's beginning to move and make his word active in our lives. Does this make sense? You know, and I love this picture by uh, Akin, uh, uh, just a real, <laughs> a real prodigy. 
a prodigy artist who, at the age of four, began to have encounters and vision with Jesus. And at age eight, she painted this. And if you guys notice, on, on the left side, if you guys can bring this in real tight on the camera, just so everyone can see, on the left-hand side of his face, you see how it's, it's brighter? And on the right-hand side, it's actually, it's darker. And that right-hand side, if you can see real closely, you know, that the, 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 this side of his face, this right side of his face, uh, reflects his light and, and the grace that he came with. The light of the world came. And the right side has to do with darkness and the suffering that he endured and the suffering he participated in. But even in the suffering, can you see his eye? Even in this, this darker side, can you, can you see his eyes? You know, there are times in our life where we don't understand what we're going through, but we can still lock eyes with him. There are things in the word that I don't understand, but I can still lock eyes with him. So just put your hand on your heart right now, and we're just going to pray that we're just going to pray that the fog or the disconnection you feel with God's word would be reconnected. Because as we reconnect, we're actually connecting with Jesus. That the Bible is actually revealing and unveiling Jesus. So right now, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would come, Lord, and, and just begin right now to just remove any barrier, God, that, that we have put up between us and your word. God, any way the devil has tried to make your word religious and your word not relational, Holy Spirit, would you right now just remove and wreck that stupid lie? And God, I pray right now that you would just, right now, yeah, Holy Spirit, would you just pour out a fresh word for each person here today? That God, that they would hear your word afresh. That there would be something that comes alive inside of them. The way that you spoke, God, it says that in, in, in Luke 24, God, with the disciples and the road to Emmaus, God, that you, you unlocked, you read the scriptures to them, and through that, their heart became ablaze. Their heart became on fire. Their heart burned within them. And I just released just that burning heart that every time you hear scripture, see, you are, you are a Christian. You're a mini Christ-like one, that you actually have the capacity to burn every time you hear scripture, that there's a love connection that's being restored. So I just release that right now in Jesus' name, and I just command any blockage right now to be broken in Jesus' name from that intimate place. I just break a blockage from intimacy with Jesus through the word. And Father, I thank you, God, that what you're going to do in our days to come, Lord, I just, I, I thank you, Lord, that we get to encounter you every single day, and I thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your power, Lord. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, right now, fan into flame every word that you have spoken, God, every rhema word, every logos word, God, fan into flame right now, Jesus, everything that you have spoken and everything that you are speaking, God. And Lord, we just repent of just minimizing the power of, of, your, of your gift to us, of, of your spirit and of your word, God. And we just repent right now, God, of just putting that to the side and trying to focus on other things. And Lord, today we just come into alignment right now God, that, that, that the way that you speak to us, Lord, you're going to speak through us. And we come into alignment right now, God, with you have created us to be loved. That, Lord, you anoint us for purpose, but you created us to be loved. So we just step into that place of being loved today, God. We step into that place of fire burning out of a, out of a love relationship with you, Jesus. So, Father, thank you for just wiping clean, God, where there's been distortion. And for right now, just planning and raising up, God, that fresh, fresh level of intimacy with you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Just put your hand on your neighbor and just say, God, get her, get him today. Get him good, God. Get him good, Jesus. Get him good. Get him good. Make him your target, God. Make him your target, Jesus. Make him your target, God. Let your fire come right now, Jesus. Yeah, just, say, just pray fire right now. Just pray fire. His eyes are a blazing fire. Lord, we just release fire, 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 fire. Fire right now, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You guys good? How many of you guys love Jesus? So... So uh, I'm going to have our, walk, our, our ministry teams come forward, and uh, we just want to pray for you guys. I, I mentioned this earlier, but um, someone, we were, there, was like a, there was like a band practice yesterday, and someone got healed at that band practice. It's like, come on, Jesus. And so uh, if you're here and you need healing in your body, please allow our teams to pray for you. And we, we get testimonies regularly about people getting healed, and, and we just love what Jesus is doing. So uh, ministry teams, come on forward. They're going to be on with badges on. Uh, like I said, if you're here for the first time, we're so excited you're here. Jim and Mary will be back next week. Uh, in the back, uh, we're going to have one more meeting today with Amanda and Pam about if you want to be part of the Normandy Benefit Dinner thing that we're doing. It's, it's awesome. Uh, we need volunteers and businesses to maybe donate for a silent auction. They're going to be go to the cross for that. They're going to be back there in the back of the room. So bless you guys. Thank you so much. Jim and Mary will be back next week. Let our teams pray for you.